It is time for your favorite Android podcast from the crew of blindandroidusers.com. Kick back, relax, and enjoy another fine episode from these Google fanboys and gals as they navigate Android from a blindness perspective. And now, here are your hosts. Hello and welcome to episode 110 of the Blind Android Users Podcast. I'm Ed Green and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Fee Dunn, Warren Carr, John Dyer and Austin Pinto. And we're also joined by special guest Gary Malkonian. And we're coming to you on Saturday, the 14th of January, 2023. I'm from the UK, so I say the date's the right way round. We have our usual announcement section this week. Then we move on to Android Basics, and it's a great section this week because we're talking about the new features in TalkBack 13.1. The In Focus section sees Fee Dunn unbox her new Vario Ultra. We then have a tip of the week where John Dyer blocks Warren on Telegram, and I urge you all to do that. And then in our TalkBack highlights, we demonstrate some of those aforementioned TalkBack 13.1 new features. Gary, how are you? I'm fine. I'm coming from rainy California, as usual. So everything's good, and I wanted to be part of this podcast this week. Nice. Iphona, what's going on? Um, London is rainy, um, and due to get very cold next week, apparently. Um, I've been enjoying using my Vario Ultra 40, and also, I got a Samsung Galaxy Watch 5 this week. Uh, had a bit of fun setting that up, otherwise known as frustration, and um, went into a shop to get some eyes to... Um... No, that sounds funny, doesn't it? It sounds like I bought the eyes in the shop um, to get someone to help me to turn on TalkBack and set up the watch. And uh, yeah, it's all good now. So at some point soon, I might tell you more about that, but I'm still making sure I know how it works at the moment. So, um, and also I'm still preparing a service for um, the end of the month that I will be leading. So I've, I've got lots to do. I'm very busy. Nice. Austin, you're under weather a little bit, aren't you, at the minute? Yeah, I'm a little bit of under the weather. So I had an infection of the left leg this week, but still recovering. It's almost cleared up now, but the antibiotics are on for today so it's getting really nice and cold now it's suddenly the temperature is dropping and in india these two days are real festive days so we have a festival going on in the north of the country they have the section festival going on in my state and also the festival in the south so it's all festives two days in india yeah sounds good john boy how's virginia She's good. Um, Excellent. <laughs> I, so I had a pretty good week. I Just a typical week, but I did get a new laptop and sent back the broken one that I had bought the previous week. So got that taken care of. Uh, do you like it? Yeah, it's, I like it so far. It's a Galaxy Book uh, 2 360. Nice. Warren, what's going on? Doing well, and uh, Austin probably didn't give us the complete picture of what's wrong with his leg. Actually, I think that uh, infection is from a good thing. So it's from food. 
as he told me. Maybe he didn't want to tell you guys about it, but I thought I'll take liberty and and talk about what really messed up Austin's uh, leg. Uh, yeah. Austin, how about you tell us what happened? Really, really happened. So what happened was Monday. I we had a party in the office. I ate we ate food and I came home and then from that day started. So it's a food infection. That's what doctor says. The blood reports are come clear, but uh, things are clearing up now. Yeah, my whole thing is that sometimes that happens when you eat food and you don't even tell your friends about it. I mean, like the podcast crew, and uh, you went about having a party without us, and you only come to tell us about the effect of the party. Well, we hope you feel better, Austin, because uh, uh, next time learn to share that food with your friends. Hmm? Yeah. Wait, how does food cause an infection in your oh, leg? Yeah. I don't get it. I'm confused. Even I don't get it. <laughs> Maybe you were eating vegetables or something. Was that it? Maybe. I mean, I can see yeah. how they would do Maybe. it. And vegetables can easily be contaminated, you know, yeah. so it, it probably was. You know, maybe what we call the your know, finger food, you know, broccoli, that silly kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, thick steak. Yeah. <laughs> steak won't do that. No, because you got fire. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it gives you an infection in your leg, maybe it's leg food instead of finger food. Chicken legs. It's yeah, chicken legs, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were chicken legs. They were undercooked. Well, that was it, though, wasn't it? Chicken legs. Leg yeah, yeah. There we are. Yeah, but I'm doing well here. Um didn't have any food poisoning or whatever that messed up my leg like Austin has, but we're doing well. And uh, I can't believe that we're already um, uh, almost in the middle of January already. It's just going too fast and we're starting to warm up here. It's, um, you know, I think we're going to be like 38 degrees or something today. So it's getting good. And that snow on the ground it's melting some. It's still a lot out there, but um, my daughter kind of fell the other day, kind of hit her knee really good. Um, it's just, it's not funny. Uh, just right in front of the door. I mean, I've cleaned the thing, but, you know, you have repeating snow, and it's so hard to uh, <laughs> keep cleaning that thing up all the time. But So we're doing better, and I'm glad to be here. Good. Well, let's turn to our announcement section then for this week. Austin, what have we got? We don't have any channel announcements or anything to do with the podcast, but some new software updates and talkback updates came away, especially Android 13 QPR2. One of the changes they brought to India was they rolled out 5G support to Pixel 6a and above. So... That was a good change that they brought to India. What about QPR uh, to elsewhere? Warren, is there anything you noticed about that? Also, talking about the QPR 2 Beta 2, um, there are some fixes, but the main focus of this update has to do with uh, some more Unicode. Those of you guys that like the emoji, uh, you know, um, uh, shaking heads or pink, whatever, uh, all the silliness, uh, Unicode 15 support. Uh, so they said 
something called the transient task bar. And this is most especially um, intended for, you know, tablets and things like that. So that now has that support. And then we have that um, lock, uh, lock screen shortcut uh, support and, and more of, of things of that nature. But I think that one of the most important things here that has a fix is that if you're using your camera, for example, and you're doing a video clip or whatever, and in that, while you're doing a slow motion and you change the speed or whatever, it doesn't uh, work. So that is fixed. And then there's also, um, sometimes it depends. I haven't seen it, but some people have seen it to where your screen becomes, you know, unresponsive, like the home screen or something happens like that. So they fix that as well. And then another good thing is the profile. If you have a work profile on your phone, for example, and um, if you take, say, you take a screenshot, you know, it sends it to your personal um, uh, screenshots now that has been fixed. So we have that fixed. So it's just little fixes here and there that we have um, with this update. And there are some things that are coming next month, And but people can already see what it is. It's not enabled at the moment, and most especially the ability to uh, take screenshots or you know record a, an app. You say, I'm trying to demonstrate um, Android 13.1 or Android 13.5 if you're on uh, Samsung and you're always ahead of us. Um, if I'm trying to demonstrate Android 13, Android TalkBack 13.5 on Samsung, for example, and I don't want other things coming in, like maybe if I get a notification and it will show up in there. So Google is taking care of that. Uh, it's not yet live in this version, but that means it will be there next month before we get the uh, final in March. And so those are some of the things and little fixes that we have there. I know we've done it before, but you never know when new listeners come. So maybe we should add a little bit that's at the start of this explaining what QPR versions are. Because to me, until a few weeks ago, <laughs> I just thought it was a football team. So yeah, we uh, we can just explain it now. I, so it stands for quarterly platform release, and it's what Google releases three times a year. They, I think publicly they refer to them as feature drops. So there's a winter feature drop, spring and summer. And so every three months they sort of do a a smaller, you could call it like a point upgrade to Android or Pixel devices. And that's what we're referring to. But it is a beta thing, isn't it? It's not the stable release. Right. Yeah, right now it's a beta. It should be released in by March. Yeah, so that's why it's called a quarterly thing. So it's a four-time thing. So the first one of the year is March. Then you have June, then you have September, and it concludes, you know, in December. And so that's what we had. The last one that we had in December was the full feature drop. So even if you're not in the QPR program, if you're not in that beta program, you will get them, you know, uh, quarterly. So, but if you're into the beta like I am, then you get them uh, just about every month in reality, you, you, you get that. It's just like the uh, uh, monthly updates that we have security patch. So like this one comes also comes with the security patch for uh, the month of January. 
Cool. Well, now we move to our Android basic section. And we have what I think is probably one of the most feature-packed talkback updates we've had for quite a while. They've called it Talkback 13.1. I, I almost wonder whether they could have got away with a 13.5 for this, because there's a fair amount in it. Um, uh, we'll all because have... Samsung already took 13.5. So... <laughs> this is true. This is true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's very true. Uh, they, they have major point upgrades and they've done very little. So Google, Google is reversing that and having much uh, more incremental ones and they've done more. Uh, I'm sure we'll all have views on this. But uh, Gary, what are your thoughts on 13.1? Uh... It's better than before. It's responsive than before. There's a lot of features that 13, I don't know, from my point of view, 13 to me was a minor um, upgrade than this 13.1. Yeah, that was my thought as well. And that's why I thought they could have got a bit You had check, you had actions, you have uh, split tap, uh, you have a lot of Braille stuff. Um, yeah, I think well, there's just a couple of other things that's escaping me at the moment. The, the way the Google's doing it now is they're trying to stay in sync with the operating system. So whether it's a big upgrade or not, whatever they release, like over the summer or fall, they're just going to jump to the next number so that like they have TalkBack 13 aligned with uh, Android 13. At least that's how I feel. It seems like that's what they're doing. So I don't think it matters to them how much has improved whether they they're only going to call it a point release until the next year in the fall then they're going to jump to the next number yeah the, the strange thing about that though is obviously it's not it's not dependent entirely anywhere on having android 13 so some of the features are but you know it'll run on android 12 11 and john 10. john is correct it, if prior to we go into this, you know, talk back 12, 11, whatever it was. Um, we had just like, you know, and then they aligned it to the Android versions. So, so um, that is why now it's just basically whatever the Android version is, it just aligns to that. So I know it's, it's more yeah. confusion this way, but I don't know. Yeah. That's their. Because it's not, you don't need Android 13 to run talkback 13. Yeah, exactly. That, that's what yeah. confuses somebody. It would be much better if they just do a year, like, you know, talk back. 2023 or talk back 2027 whatever the year would be it'd be much yeah. much they'll be less confusing for somebody or or just uh have it say that talkback has an independent version number to android exactly like play, store, play store does or any other google app does right right yeah right. yeah i wasn't complaining about it when that's how they did it <laughs> i don't know why it changed i want to ask about the spell checker thing because to me, a spell checker doesn't really sound like a talkback feature. So, is it just that talkback will um, so, speak what's in the spell checker now, rather than uh, that the spell checker is actually a talkback thing? Because no, I'm guessing it's, sighted it's a, people have a spell checker as well, do they not? It's a feature, but what happens is, you know, you have Gboard or do your autocorrecting and all that, but I mean, you can sometimes Gboard or your vo voice detection may not get it correctly, and then you can go through your document, either using character granularity or word granularity, and you can, you know, a spell check. And, you know, and it'll give you, like, in actions, it'll give you, like, how you would have a bunch of missed, you know, words, and you can pick the word that you think is correct. 
and the way they've done it is that that there are two uh, things that have been added to the reading controls or granularity. So uh, there, there's a spell check. And what that will do when you swipe up and down, having selected it, is it will cycle you to the next spelling error. And then if you go to, I think it's it's actions, isn't it? Yes. You will have a choice of you will have a choice of uh, suggestions that you can you can select. Uh, it seems to be for reasons not entirely clear that you have to be at the top of the document for the spell checker to work optimally. Uh, I don't know either. Yeah, but it, you know that's what I've noticed, and that's been my experience. I just it doesn't make any sense to me either. Like if you're typing a document or you're typing an email, and you have like a bunch of things that you know Gboard did incorrect, or you know your voice dictation did incorrect. Uh, it, it, I find it a little tedious. I would, I would hope that they refine it. That you know, wherever you are in the document, you could have, you know, as you're saying, go through the actions, use a spell check, up a up, down swipe, and or have some type of indication, and you could just, you know, go through your actions. And if there's a word that you, you know, that Gboard didn't catch or your voice dictation didn't catch, you have the options there. You just pick whatever the option is and go on your, you know, your your business. Yeah, it should Are just cycle sounds... into you shouldn't be at the top, it should just rack. No. No, yeah. yeah. That sounds to me like Talkback has made a spell check that Google's already done accessible though, rather than that the spell check itself is a talkback feature. Yeah, I do, think it's a great. Do you see what I'm so, saying? Yeah, so the gran you set your granularity or your reading control to spell check or Yeah. And then it will move. So whatever is marked, of course, we can't see it visibly marked, but whatever no, is marked. But that's as, what I mean. I, I think yeah. those things have been marked probably for ages, yeah. but, but we now just haven't had of... access to it. So I, d I don't think it's quite correct necessarily to say the spell check itself is a talkback feature. I would I would have thought it was probably more it accurate be, to say. I don't know. When you use Gboard and you have the uh, predictive typing or, you know, whatever, it, it guesses the word that you are trying to type, uh, that is not the same thing necessarily like the spell checker. So, for instance, if I miss anything in Google uh, while I'm typing with my Gboard, right, I keep saying Google, and I'm done with that document, I can't go back to it and find it without reading that document and come across a word that doesn't sound right or doesn't, uh, if I'm using my Braille display or whatever, I see the misp misspelled word. But with this spell checker, I should be able to, hey, spell check this document for me. So definitely it's, it's, it's different, even though it's somehow tied to that, but it's not necessarily the same thing. Another of the big changes in 13.1 is that uh, talkback actions are uh, much more readily available. So previously, you either had to go into the talkback menu and select actions, or you could assign a gesture uh, to actions. Now, actions will be in your reading controls by default. And where actions are kind of available, like on your home screen, if your launcher supports them, or in other instances, your reading control, I think, will default to actions. So if you're on a notification, you can now just swipe up and dismiss it or do whatever. You, you'll be on actions a little bit, a little bit like uh, those who've used iOS previously uh, might experience. So pulling actions out and making them a little bit more available than they previously were, I suspect, is a, a productivity enhancement that might help quite a lot of folks. 
You made a very important um, statement there, Ed, because in reality, if like for for example, uh, prior till now, I had my I had a gesture dedicated for actions, and now with this, I should now um, use that gesture for w- what it was intended for. For example, for mine, I chose the uh, left right swipe for my actions, and so now I could move that thing back to where it used to be instead of uh, using it for action. So I think it's a good feature to have it there as um, part of the default granularities. And it makes things easier for people to say, you're on a home screen, you want to move an icon uh, to another icon, I mean, another uh, home screen, or you want to uninstall the app, or you want to remove the icon from your home screen that makes the process a little bit easier if you uh, simply just change a granularity to actions and then you have all the uh, things that you can do. So I really like that feature, um, making it easier for people to use uh, TalkBack and uh, kudos to you guys for doing that. So it's in the granularity now, is it? When you're like with words and characters and stuff, actions is in that. Uh... Yeah thing oh brilliant that'd be great yeah so it it, that's what makes it beautiful and uh you don't necessarily have to go to put it in see like words and characters you actually need to go in and do that if you if you don't specifically say hey i want my characters to be part of the granularity they're not going to be in there uh but this one comes by default and that's what makes it even uh prettier Pretty as a picture, right? Mm. Yeah. So tell Samsung to bump you up to version 14 because it seems like uh, it will take (laughs) version 14 on Samsung to get it. Samsung, if you are listening to the Blind Android Users podcast, please, let's be on the same page, shall we? Or you can go and listen to John Dyer's excellent demonstration on our YouTube channel of how to get Google TalkBack on your Samsung device. Yeah, I did. It sounded a bit complicated. <laughs> ah, well, it's, it's there for those of you who are feeling adventurous and want to try it. Worth talking about some Braille improvements in 13.1. Obviously, you have the current issue where uh, Bluetooth on Android means that you can't uh, have a Braille display that uses a human interface device driver, such as HumanWare NLS over Bluetooth. But you can now uh, connect those devices via USB. So perhaps not optimal, but until the Android Bluetooth issue is fixed, you can at least use those devices now uh, via USB, should you so choose, which I guess is better than nothing. Would you need a um, an adapter, though, presumably, wouldn't you, to do that? No, just a cable. Yeah, but they come with a... The Braille displays usually come with USB at one end and, I don't know, USB-C or micro-USB at the other end. Yeah, you don't need a dongle, though. I would probably buy a cable rather than an adapter, just for ease. So you could I'd... just have USB-C at both ends, for example? Yeah, I would Yeah, I see. Yeah. I would... You, I mean, you can't. You absolutely can. You can. You can buy an adapter, but I wouldn't. I'd buy a separate cable, just because. Yeah, and sometimes it's probably, it's probably most, a lot of phones come with an adapter. I know Pixels come with an adapter. Yeah, 
Mine didn't, but I mean, I don't. I have a good Bluetooth Braille display anyway, so I don't care. But yeah. The other Braille improvement worth talking about, albeit I do think this is half-baked, is we have many, many more languages in the uh, TalkBack Braille keyboard now. This includes more English uh, uh, Braille tables. So we have UK, US, English, and a whole load of new languages, including, I think slightly bizarrely, but very good, ancient Greek, if ancient Greek is your thing. Uh, wow. You can now use that on the TalkBack Braille keyboard. The reason, the reason I say it's half-baked, though, is that for all of the Braille tables, not just English ones, I looked at some other languages, I don't think there are any grade two options aside from uh, unified English Braille, which is a bit of a shame because the tables exist. Uh, it, but, you know, at least... If, if, if unified English Braille is not your thing and you're prepared to type in grade one, then uh, th those tables exist too. And maybe their grades to uh, uh, siblings or betters uh, will be added. But if it's grade two you want, then you're stuck on uh, useless English Braille still for a while. I don't mind UEB. Have they fixed the really annoying thing now when you have a Braille display connected? And it pops up with this, an external Braille keyboard is connected. If you want to change to the talkback Braille, you know, the Braille on screen keyboard or whatever it is. And I'm like, why would I want to do that when I've got an external Braille keyboard? Stop. Don't do that. That's annoying. Have they stopped doing that? I haven't checked. I don't, I don't know. That, that would thing. make me very happy because it's very irritating. And I also want to just be able to use my braille display um and swap between say that and um say a bluetooth keyboard or something without all the stupid oh you need to change input devices oh come on it's 2023 guys i think and, uh, you'd always have to change input devices for that though i can't well, you never can't. you don't you never do when you connect the braille the bluetooth keyboard it just works yeah, but you want to switch between the two when they're both connected at once, don't you? No, I just want one or the other. And if I've been using the Bluetooth keyboard and then I go back to the Braille, it'll say, in order to type in Braille, you have to change input device. <laughs> Why? Even that when the Bluetooth keyboard, is that because you've got the pixel set as the default, though? No, the Bluetooth keyboard's turned off. Yeah, but what's your default keyboard? It's, well, it has to be Braille to use the Braille display, but I don't want to have to, I don't want to be restricted like that. I want it to just no, no. know there's well, no I... Braille display, so we'll show the Google keyboard. There is a Braille display, right, we'll let you type with that. There is a Bluetooth keyboard, right, we'll let you type with that. I don't want to have to keep changing my default keyboard. That's very tedious. I don't think you should have to. I think if one of, I think, I think it might depend on what order you have your keyboard set and which one's the default. I don't think it ought to be that complicated. I have to say, I know you don't like Apple on here, but on my iPhone, I can use Bluetooth, I can use Braille, or I can use the keyboard on the phone. And I am never, ever asked to set anything. It just works. And I wish Android would do that. Nah. Be because it works. I, I don't need, I don't want to have to, you know, it should just go, oh, this is Braille now hello, and work. You know, Google can do all sorts of things with the assistant and everything. Come on, Google.
sort it out, please. I think if you set one of those hardware keyboards as your default and order them, that might not happen. But but I don't want to have favorite. to set anything. Well, Why should I have it, to? If you deset it, it might fix it. Yeah, what we'll, we'll see set? what happens. Um, yeah. You know, like we say, everything is a work in progress. And uh, who is to say yes, that and would some not of it's happen. more of a work in progress than others. It depends what you want, though. But Apple is fairly limited on the on-screen keyboards you can use. <laughs> that's so, true. That's true. Yeah. But if if you're just so, using the defaults and you've never mucked about with anything else, which I haven't, it should just work. Braille shouldn't yeah. be so irritating. And as soon as you connect Braille, it sort of has a bit of a panic. Oh, 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 this is a different one. Oh, no. Like, just just work. I mean, it shouldn't flash up your flash message, but I, th I think reordering your keyboards will solve that issue. So what should the first one be then, the Braille one? Probably, and then the Bluetooth one. Uh, make I sure don't, I don't, yeah, but I don't even have to set the Bluetooth one as an input. That's not even on the list. There isn't even oh, right. a Bluetooth. No, no, so that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So the okay, Braille so, one so in that case, set, set, the Braille one as, set the Braille one as a default. That'll okay. Yeah, the problem is until, until the Braille display isn't connected, and then it'll go. You haven't got a Braille display connected, and then it'll want me to type Braille on the screen, and I don't like it. No, ah. it won't. It won't do that because then it will have the physical. It keyboard. does. It says things like dot five and stuff. It's very irritating. Well, that's because you've got the talkback Braille keyboard on as well. So yeah, because it says I have to in order to use the Braille display. Well, if you if you've got the Bluetooth connected though, you say that's identified as a physical keyboard anyway. So. Not with yeah. a Braille display, not with a Braille so, display, yeah, only it, with like a QWERTY said, one. This is something that, I mean, like, even if I connect my Bluetooth uh, keyboard, you know, I have that thing in the notification that says configure, you know, uh, a keyboard. Uh, Are you talking about Braille keyboard now? No, or I'm saying even one? if a regular Bluetooth keyboard, for example, like I have my Logitech sitting here or my whatever, if Your I desk. pair it to my phone, I have that thing in the notification that says configure keyboard. I don't. Yeah, it, yeah no, it does. It always shows up there. Yeah, Whenever but it doesn't come up on the main uh, screen like there. it does if you connect to Braille display. And it doesn't not let you type with the Bluetooth keyboard, like it doesn't let you type on Braille until it says, in order to use this Braille display as a keyboard, you have to change to TalkBack Braille keyboard. Oh, it's yeah, annoying. because because the the the, the talkback the uh, display is not it's not a physical input in the sense of a physical keyboard. It's it's it a is. multi. No, hear me out on this one. Let me try to explain. The Bluetooth keyboard that I connect to my uh, phone, that's all it does. It has no other functionality besides just being a keyboard. Right, While yeah. the, the Braille display, however, it's not just a, a, an input method. It has other functions as well. So yeah, I can see why that output, is. The output works, though. The output just works. So I don't see why the input shouldn't, really. Once you've set it up for the first time, I think it should just work. And if TalkBack would would uh, improve that, I would be a very, very happy, 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 happy user. So please, if you're listening, Google, please make it easier and fix it. And don't make me have to change that every time I use Braille again. Speaking of typing, uh, they also introduced split tap typing for 
those of you who know what that is, uh, it's, uh, it's another thing they kind of took from iOS, where if you want to tap with the on-screen keyboard, the regular QWERTY keyboard on screen, you can move one finger around on the keyboard and use a second finger to type the letter by just tapping once. So that's now an option. So with the second finger, can you tap anywhere? Yes. So it's like, say if I want to write Fiona, my name, mm -hmm. I would press F and then with the other hand, I would just tap somewhere to say, yes, I meant F. Yeah. And then I, yes, I meant I and so on. Yeah. So you would just slide your thumb around. So if you're holding the phone like in your right hand, you could just slide your thumb around to the keys you want to press and tap like your left finger on the screen to input whatever your right thumb is currently on. Okay. Right. Interesting. It's not something yeah, I've I don't, ever used, but... Yeah, I don't use it for typing, but what I ha have found it very convenient for is deleting characters because I could just put my thumb on the delete and then just like really fast, like if I know already know I want to delete five characters, I can just tap five times really fast with my other finger. So that's definitely where I've been using it You mean it the instead most. of having to go double tap, double tap, double tap, double tap? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, actually, that would be quite handy. You will need Android 13 for that, though. It won't work on Android 12, will be they? Yep. Uh, something else worth talking about, uh, I think, anyway, I think it's quite helpful. Uh, before, you weren't able to assign a gesture to uh, show or hide the screen. It was in the talkback menu, but for some reason it wasn't something you could assign a gesture to. You now can. So if you want to uh, turn on a screen shade, hide the screen or whatever, you, you can assign a gesture to that. There isn't one by default, but if you go into talkback settings, customize gestures, that's uh, something you can do as well, which I think is quite good. Yeah, yeah that I like annoyed that. me for ages, not being able to turn on the screen shade. So yeah, they also... Good took away which has bothered me forever i've hated this every time you hide the screen it used to put a message on screen telling you like basically instructions for a sighted user how to unhide the screen like open the talkback menu select show screen and it just bothered me that like why when i'm hiding the screen are you so like content on like showing a message to a sighted person to let them know how they can unhide the screen and it I was think like the reason is that is annoying but I think the reason for it is because loads of the time when you search for how to do anything with TalkBack, mm -hmm. the main results are, how do you turn off TalkBack? I'm stuck in accessibility. I'm, you know, and those yeah. results come up first, which is really annoying when you're actually blind yeah, and you I actually <laughs> want to use it. And I've had fun... <sighs> frustration with the watch this week because so many of the results are to do with how annoying accessibility is mm -hmm. which it really isn't it's actually awesome yeah but it, it's just like how many people are going to accidentally turn on talkback and accidentally hide the screen like there is a pop-up that says you're about to hide your screen and it tells you how to unhide it and then you yeah, check don't show annoying. me this again and even if you check, don't show me this again, it used to literally every time you hide the screen or every time you reboot your phone or every time you turn talk back off and back on again, that message would come up and stay on the screen for three minutes. So like if you're in a situation where you just want to hide your screen and have it go dark, like that yeah. wouldn't, that wasn't possible. It would still be lit up and it would still have a message on your screen for three minutes. So I'm so glad they finally three got minutes. rid of that. Wow. Yeah. 
Yep. That is annoying. Mm-hmm. Anything else from 13.1? There, I've noticed some fixes. So uh, it's come up in the Telegram group a lot, but there was this bug where if you tap with two fingers to stop speech, from that point on, TalkBack would only read up until the first line break of an item, and you would either have to turn TalkBack off and back on again to get it back to working, or you'd have to tap again with two fingers to have it finish reading whatever you had paused. And that bug is thankfully gone because that that bothered a lot of people. I mean, it wasn't just in Telegram. It happened in a lot of apps, but it was mainly noticed in Telegram because if you were in a group, it would only read the name of the person and not their actual message. And you would be like, what's going on here? So they fixed that bug. And they also fixed the um, assistant typing on Pixel phones. I, I have been complaining about it for a year. Um, it always would bark suggestions at you and then it wouldn't hear whatever you were saying while that the suggestions annoying. were yeah so it would that's fixed it just stays completely silent now and works perfectly as it should so i'm very happy about that improvement so are you saying that's only on the pixel that happens or is that is that, it just that, that you've only tried it on a pixel so far that bug was only affected pixels and now that's fixed on pixels however i i did want to bring up I have noticed, and let me know if anybody else has noticed this, an, a new bug that they've introduced with when using voice typing on Gboard. Now, this doesn't apply to Pixel devices using voice typing. So, I mean, assistant typing, so no Pixel 6 or 7 series devices. But older Pixels and other phones that are not Pixels, if you are in Gboard and you double tap on the voice input button, the focus moves to either the letter T or the number five, depending on you, whether you have a number row showing or not. And so if your normal way of ending dictation is to double tap again, thinking the focus is still on the microphone, now it's going to put a letter T or a number five at the end of your message. So that's, that's annoying. Yeah, it's a, it's, I'm kind of, I can't believe they missed something like that, but yeah, it's that there. So me and John, you know, we're experimenting back and forth and, some sometimes I would notice it, but you know, then when he, and he told me the way he was doing it, then I would notice it even more. But if I did the way I suggested to him, then it was not popping up for some odd reason. But yeah, because some people just let it time out. Like, yeah, but I don't have time for that. So when I'm done dictating, I just double tap to end dictation. Or my now my workaround is just doing the back gesture to back out of the key- keyboard completely. Because if I double tap, um, it won't. It will insert the letter five for me unless i do explore by touch to find the microphone again and then double tap so mm. yeah it's a little bit of an annoying bug there t5 instead of 10 4 isn't it <laughs> yeah, i guess so uh, the other thing oh, that i found my. slightly baffling was it told me there were some volume changes in that i oh, could yeah. hold my finger on the screen and press the volume to change accessibility because that's never been a thing before mm-hmm. it's like why why are you saying that's new well, the, what's new is that that's the only way to adjust the um, accessibility volume. So, well, at least that's what they're going for. Because before, if the screen reader was talking, you could adjust the volume and it would adjust the accessibility volume, even if you weren't touching the screen. But I think now you have to touch the screen. And why they're why they're doing it is to completely remove TalkBack from overriding those volume keys 
because so now you can use the volume keys for like taking photos in the camera app or if you're in any other app that lets takes advantage of those keys now talkback won't override those and you'll be able to use them like they're that. intended like you can no longer <laughs> adjust talk back without touching the screen that would, that would have made a lot more sense instead of telling me yeah. that it did anyway um yeah that makes sense i think it's probably the right thing to do as well I really um, like that too because it frees us to use apps that would take advantage of that volume. Um, because goodness, I, I don't want to, uh, you know, if I don't want to use my volume, or rather, if I want to use my volume keys for doing something else, you know, like you use the app, the key mapper, and you want to use the, that volume mm -hmm. key. Some people like to use that to answer their calls or whatever. So if you have that app like that now it frees it to where you can now use those uh, type of functions so i think it's something that should have been there from the get-go if you ask me but uh uh it's never too late and we're glad it's here maybe they, maybe they addressed it uh because they wanted to you know um fix bugs that devices that are not you know like samsung or google that are overseas that they're noticing you know from logs and stuff that i could be it too you never know yeah and for those who haven't realized what's happened, you're going to have a load of random photos you didn't know you were taking in your camera app when you thought you were adjusting talkback volume, and you were. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, it's not going to happen unless you have the camera app running. So That's what I mean, on. though. But if you are, then you're going to have a load of photos because you yeah. thought that you were going to adjust But the you have volume. to actually, uh, you, you have to go enable that in the camera app. And then just finally on features, has anyone tried to find out whether editing is any easier i mean we, we talked about the spell checker but are there other editing improvements or is that it is copying and pasting any easier or was it only spell checker? i think you can yeah. do that for it's, actions with, too with but all the actions that. it makes things easier because uh i can um for example i could switch to the selection mode and and once i'm in that selection mode i could switch to either line granularity or word granularity and once i've selected all that i want i just hit that delete key or uh copy or whatever if i wanted to do uh, you know mm -hmm. copy or, or cut it out so i think it's a good thing in in general and i think we'll be showing some of these things um you know like john will be demonstrating some of these things in our highlights talk back highlights and mm -hmm. um maybe next week as well so um things to look forward to. Folks, that draws us to the end of the Android 13.1 new features, but uh, keep your ears peeled for uh, uh, John's uh, first episode of uh, Talkback Highlights. In the In Focus section now, we have an offering from Fee, who unboxes her Vario Ultra 40. Hi everyone, this is an unboxing of a Vario Ultra 40. This is a very big box. I have taken off the sellotape. I'm now going to open it up. And inside we have another box, much smaller one, in the middle. And then under, there's some stuff underneath that in the rest of the box. Uh, I think the middle part is the most exciting part in the smaller box. 
uh, take the lid off that. Hang on. Yes, here we have a braille display. So in the smaller box that protects the braille display, there's actually a sponge underneath and to either side and actually on top of most of the braille display when it's closed. And it's that sort of bobbly sponge, if that makes sense. That's given it good protection on its transit, so I'll take that out. I will come back to describing that in a minute, but I'll tell you what's in the rest of the box first. Uh, so I'm going to take out the smaller sponge-filled box, because I've, I've now taken the Vario Ultra out of the box. So I'll take out this smaller box, put that over there, and underneath it we've got the case and a strap in a plastic bag. And then we've also got a USB-C cable for charging it and a box full of, let's see, stuff. This is a smaller box, a much smaller box. Ah, oh, it's got a block where you can plug in a USB cable. With it, we've got plugs for different countries. So there's European, US and UK plugs. So I'm going to take out the UK one. I don't need the others at the moment. I suppose it'd be handy if you are going abroad because you could swap it over. Although I probably won't really use this much because I've got other USB things. And you slide this little plug thing onto the block with the USB port in it and it sticks on. Let's see. There we go. That's that stuck on. That lets you charge it. I think that's quite good because I know some phones now don't come with something you can plug into the wall socket. They say it's an environmental thing, but I think it's a money-saving thing, to be honest. And yes, I'm cynical. I've closed the plug box. The other one's in. And we've got one more thing in the box, which is a print manual of some sort. Um, this is a great product, but why are they sending a braille display with a print manual and not a braille one? And I imagine it must be a large print one, because it's sort of A4 sized and quite thick, unless it's in lots of languages, but manuals that aren't large print are usually much smaller. So now I'm going to reassemble this box and I'll show you, I'll tell you a bit more about this device and the case. Very interesting bits to me. It's very exciting. So, that's that box moved. The Vario Ultra itself, um, it's quite a narrow device, long and narrow, 
I think it said on the website it's 12 inches long. It has a braille display. Uh, no, at the very front, it's got a slightly, well, a sloping edge that slopes up towards where the braille, the line of braille display is. On that edge, you have, uh, I'm going to go from the middle. So in the middle, there's a directional joypad, joystick. I don't know, it's more of a, it's like a flat round thing. And you can go up, down, left and right with that and press the middle for enter. On the left and right hand side of that, you've got two spacebar buttons. These are called B9 and B10. When you uh, are reading about commands, and I've read quite a lot. And then on the left-hand side and right-hand side of those space bars, you have two system buttons, S1, S2, and S3, and S4. And then the rest of the sloping um, bit is just smooth. Um, and then on the top of it, still near the front, but flat now rather than sloping, there's 40 cell braille display and then above the braille display there are cursor routing buttons above each cell. On the left hand and right hand end of the braille display and cursor routing keys there's buttons on the left called D1, D2 and D3 and on the right hand side D4, D5 and D6 and they do different things depending on what you're doing. And then further back, you have the Braille keyboard, which is slightly more raised than the Braille display. Going from the middle on the left, at left from centre, there's dots one, two, three, and seven. So you could press those with the four fingers on your left hand, and then the space with your thumb. And then on the right-hand side, going from the middle, dots 4, 5, 6, and 8. And that sounds illogical unless you know Braille and you know that for however many years we've always had dots 1, 2, 3 on the left and dots 4, 5, 6 on the right. And 7 and 8 are additions much more recently. And that's why they're 7 and 8 and not four and eight because we've already got dot four on the right hand side then on the front ends of the device slightly round the corners there's a bit of string attached on each end to a little clip and the clips are like those on a bum bag or a rucksack the strap that you get with it that's quite slim and it's adjustable. The other parts of the clip are on each end of the strap. So they'll go in like this. That's the right hand end. And then the left hand end. And as I say, adjustable strap, which is excellent. Because depending on what you're doing and where you are and things, you might want it round your neck at different heights. It's quite light, by the way, this device. It's 500 and something grams, so about a pound in weight, I think. I'll just take that strap off, because then I can put the case on 
So the case is made of, I think, fake leather. Feels very, very posh. It's got, I think, some sponge underneath the leather or plastic or whatever it is to give extra padding. And it does up, there's a flap that comes over the front and underneath. That flap has magnets on each end and one in the middle, so when you close it, it goes like that. There are spaces in the case so that you still have access to the things on the left and right hand end of the Vario Ultra. On the left hand end, you have a USB port where you can plug in thumb drives and things like that. So I think that's a USB-A port, the, the traditional one like you get on most computers, apart from now they seem to be swapping over to USB-C, but the sort you've had on computers for years and years before that. That's furthest back. And then the next socket on that end is a USB-C socket where you can plug in your power cable or you can connect to your um, computer. And it will still charge when it's connected to the computer, but slower. Then there are two switches. The one at the back swaps between note taker mode which is the mode where anything you're doing on the device happens and then braille display mode which is where the device the vario acts as an input output device for your phone or your computer or your tablet um, so you can type braille in and you can read braille but all the actual stuff goes on on your phone or computer and then there is also a locking switch that's the second one so if you are taking it somewhere and you're worried about accidentally pressing buttons or something you can move the lock switch and they're quite I had a problem with the lock switch for a while I wasn't sure how to unlock it and when you first get it it is locked. I've unlocked it now, but if I want to lock it again, I do the switch and you will hear it click. And then I'll unlock it again. And the braille display and note taker mode switch is the same. Yeah, the second click was my nail hitting the switch, so that's what it actually sounds like. Uh, and then at the other end, the right hand end, most of that there's not much there, but near the front on the right, there is the on-off switch. So now I'm going to put this in the case so it's all nicely protected. On the case, there is a, an undone part on the right-hand edge where I said there isn't anything in terms of switches. And it allows you to push the device into the rest of the case without stretching the case, uh, really. And then you just do up the press stub that's on the right hand end there we go that's done and now it's all protected and then I'm going to put the strap back on I mean it's good that you can use it without the case but I think it's better to have the case really most of the time for me anyway it's the left hand end strap and the right hand end so now I'm going to switch it on 
It's telling me it's starting Bluetooth to connect to one of my phones. Before I did this part of the recording, I've already paired this to three devices. So I'm not going to show you how to do that. It was pretty straightforward, though. What I am going to show you is I'm going to go into the Braille note taker mode and just show you what's on there because it's good to know what else you can do with this as well as using it with a phone. So that's me moving between lines and the ch 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 noise is the braille moving. Um, there's a word processor which allows you to open word files, powerpoints and braille files, RTF files, text files. There's a PDF viewer which does what it says and braille in that can be actually better than if you view a PDF from your phone because the formatting then won't be very good. Then there's Excel Viewer for spreadsheets. I'm not sure that you can edit them. I'm not, I don't know. I haven't played with that, but you can certainly view them. Then there's a calculator, which from some of the reading I've done of the manuals has some quite complex scientific-y stuff as well, um, but I haven't played with that. There's timers, and in there... You have timer, countdown, and stopwatch, and alarm clocks. Well, I'm not really going to bother with that alarm clocks thing because I can do that on my phone. But it's nice to know it's there. Then if you come out of timers, there's file manager, so you can see what's on your device. And also your memory stick, if one's plugged in. So it will call the device flash disk and then if you've got a memory stick plugged in it will call it stick and if you have an extra item in the list it's called temp so I'm going to come out of that and then there's a settings thing where you can set various things like alerts which is things like the volume of the alerts that's a lot for things like when you first switch it on and also not not from suspension mode which I've just switched it on from but when you first switch it on when it's been properly powered off uh, it does play a little tune uh, how loud you want the alerts whether you want vibration or not when for example you've connected to another device and presumably it will work with things like the alarm as well then there's braille so there's settings to do with um the curse there's one called presentation um oh that's to do with things like left margin right margin jump uh, show messages with word wrap just things like oh and how strong you want the dots to be actually i might alter that how strong i want the dots to be at the moment it's medium oh i don't want high i'll try low and see what that's like Okay. Oh yeah, that's that's been easier on the fingers actually. But I'd I'd probably change it back to medium if I was somewhere cold or something. It'd make it easier to read. And um, there's stuff about the cursor. 
I've come out of presentation now. There's stuff about the cursor. There's default Braille codes. So that's to do with whether it's contracted or not, whether it's UEB or US Braille, things like that. Uh, there's a thing about standard Braille tables. You can hide dots seven and eight, but I don't like that. I quite like to be able to read them. And there's an active master switch that allows you to turn computer Braille on and off quickly. And I've used that a couple of times because for things like entering the date, and I think possibly for things like the calculator as well, you need to use computer Braille. Um, I'm going to change my dots back to medium, actually. Yeah, that's... No, I prefer medium, so... I'll just right arrow to medium in that setting and then go down to OK. I'm not going into massive detail because this is a rail display rather than an Android device. So really, it's not the podcast for massive masses of detail on on all the settings and things. Yeah, there's display settings about how you want things to appear in the menu and whether you want... <coughs> whether you want to read what hotkeys for things are after you, you know, in the same line as you read them in the menu, which I find very helpful. There's a thing called templates. I'm not sure what that is. Password options, messages. I think that's about how long you want messages to appear on the display for before they go. And then we're back to shortcuts. So I'll come out of there. There's keyboard settings. I've got date and time settings. That was all fun and games, working out how to enter the date and time when it wasn't right and I wanted to make sure it was for if I saved things on the on the device or on the memory stick because I didn't want them to have all the wrong date and time on them. There's stuff about power management and profiles, which is to do with Braille profiles. Oh, Braille display mode. I might go into that, actually, because that could be relevant to us using this with our phones. But with the date and time, I had to read the manual a couple of times, that bit of the manual, because it's actually US computer Braille that you have to use. And I didn't really know how to do the numbers in US computer Braille, so I had to look that up. Uh, It did tell me in the manual, so that was good. Oh, and for anyone worried that I only had a print manual, the dealer who I bought this from did email me the manual so that I could read it as well so I didn't have to go looking for it on the website but I would say my only complaint really is for goodness sake send people a braille manual that box you send is huge you'd fit one in you know uh braille display mode ah there's something about device emulation which I read about and that's something you only need to do if there are problems with devices that haven't been updated to work with this Vario Ultra 40, so I don't have to worry about that. Then there's something about enable Bluetooth automatically when you switch it on. I haven't switched that on at the moment because I have a key combination for which phone I want to connect to, which automatically turns on Bluetooth anyway. And if I'm in note-taker mode, I don't want to be using up the battery with Bluetooth when I'm not even connected to a phone. Um, So I haven't enabled that. Vibrate on device connected. So when 
it connects to device one of my three. You can connect up to four. It will vibrate once. When it's connected to device two, it'll do, it'll vibrate twice and device three, it'll vibrate three times. It'll also show a message on the display to show which device it's connected to. Show messages. If device was disconnected, that's a good thing. So that's ticked. And then it has a list of my, um, devices that are connected. Um, for example, Galaxy S9 T2. I think T2, T must stand for terminal. And it says Braille 50 milliseconds. HID 60 milliseconds, HID table, Apple US 2H. Um, I don't know why it says Apple when it's an Android phone, but there we go. It's paired. And then Fiona's S20 FE is T3. And that's Braille 50ms, HID 60ms, HID table, Apple US dot two uh, dot U2 H. I'm not entirely sure what all that means. Um but that's paired and there isn't a device four because that's um I haven't actually done that yet. So I'll cancel that now. Um and then system you can do updates, you can do disk cleanup and you can reset the device. And then we're back to alerts. So that's all the settings. Then there is a help thing you can go into. And then we're back to word processing. So just a short recap. The things it gives you are word processor, PDF viewer, Excel viewer, calculator, timers, which includes stopwatch, um, file manager, settings and help. That's the unboxing and the description. Oh, and one thing I should have said as well is that there is a sticker on the underside with an eight-digit serial number. You can also view that in the, I think it's in the help file, the help section, but um, Obviously, if you had problems with it and it needed to be repaired and you couldn't actually open your help file because the whole thing was broken, it's very handy to have the serial number brailed on the underside. Now, my phones have both just completely died because I haven't been very organised. But what I'll do quickly is I'll just go into the word processor and I'll type something so that you can hear what the keyboard sounds like and we're in a new document and I'm going to type hello blind android users this is my Vario demo do close do I want to save before closing? I'm going to say no, because this is rubbish. And now I want to do file menu, 
and open something just so it can go up and down in a document so that you can hear what that sounds like. I'll open something from my preaching folder, a service that I prepared. So if I open that and just go, oh no, it's still opening it. And now it's opened it. So I'm going to go, it says August, oh, the 21st of August, 2022. Going down and it says 11 a.m. and the church where, where it was held. I've gone down a couple of lines because there was a blank line. Welcome and call to worship. Down the line again. We meet in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I've had to go, because the print line of text is longer than 40 cells, I used D5, the pan right key, to pan to the rest of the line without going down a line of text, of printed text. And I've done it again. And then it says, we begin by singing our first hymn about worship. And now the next line is not yet, but the braille's finished. So press D5 again. Prayer, oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of. And then press D5 again. Holiness. So I've gone down a couple and then. I've actually got the hymn words on here. So if I just read those and just see if you can hear the sound. Now I'll do it with using the D5 panning key rather than the downward joypad. So there you go. Um, the hymn lines are presented beautifully, whereas when I read them via a phone, they're just all in one big sort of paragraph with no line breaks, apart from when there's a new paragraph. Um, the formatting is not very good, and that applies to Android and Apple phones. So putting files onto this Braille display for things like hymns, poetry, etc. is a very good idea. There's 32 gigs of memory and this device doesn't go online or anything on its own. It doesn't play audio files. So you only really need to save um, things like text, PowerPoint, Excel, PDF, that type of file. So 32 gigs should last a very long time and when I bought this, the dealer I bought it from said he's never known anybody to run out of space. So there you go. A quick tour of the Vario Ultra 40 Braille display. Sophie, you've done the unboxing. Presumably you've played with it for a little bit more. What, what do you think of it? Oh, it's the best Braille display I've ever used. And I mean, I've said that about Braille displays before but really uh this is like this is like the rolls royce of braille displays really um it's just it's a joy to type things on um 
because some braille displays are quite clacky and clattery when you type on them. This one isn't. It's it's beautiful. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have the 20. You have the 20. It, it, yeah. They're great, aren't they? They're brilliant. They are. the and it's lovely to read that, on it. Oh, the, the, the cells are lovely. The only thing that winds me up about it are the mm. space bars. You don't like them? Why can't I have a long space bar on the top? I don't want... Why have I got two little thumb key space bars, one of which is... It's for the commands. Bar. It's for the commands. I know, but I want a long, hitty space bar. A long, hitty space bar? Is that yeah, and I can term? just smash with my thumb, like, properly. I don't... Why can't I just have a nice, long space bar? That's my only bugbear with it. So is that, like, it. is that, like, the easiest um, space bar thing that's split in two? Yeah, and it's uh, kind I, of... I, I, I heard that. But instead of having like with the ESIS ones, they're almost they almost look like one space bar in two halves. Whereas with yeah, this, so I, I there's don't like a joypad in between the two space bars. Yeah. No. Uh, so maybe that's one reason I wouldn't be getting that brand because I like like Ed says I like one long space bar. But it's the rest of it is lovely. Um, weirdly, the best best space bar I've ever seen on a braille display is the Focus fifth gen because the fourth gen had no travel to it, so it was a long space bar. But it wouldn't. I don't know. It didn't press satisfyingly. Oh, you couldn't feel it go down. No. Whereas the fifth has actually quite a nice space bar. It's as a space bar mm. should be on a braille display. Because I have an ESIS as well, but that you see that that's quite a clacky thing to type on. Whereas the Vario is is lovely, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I, like, I like that you part, can... the clacky, because it, it you it like makes that. Me, yeah, I, I'm 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 thinking of a chicken clacking out there. <laughs> you know? could, oh dear, I, I can't I can't type quietly on that thing. Whereas on this one, I can. Yeah. On the Braille Ultra. display ever. Go and buy a Harpo Braille pen. <laughs> oh that yeah, is, I've got one of those. They're that quite is clacky the as well. Plastic. <laughs> I like that. They are very bastard. Oh my I mean, God. at the time, it was within my budget, right? So... Yeah, mine too. I bought mine secondhand for about 300 quid. <laughs> yeah, but, well, I mean, they, for what they are, they're good. <laughs> but they, you get what you pay for, don't you? I mean, you do. I don't know how much those cost now. Can you even still buy them? I don't know. I think so. I I'll say this, though, that you guys in Europe have, you know, a lot of choices out there when it comes to Braille. Uh, displaced. Uh, I, I mean, you can't even shake a stick at those things. You you got so many of those things out there. And now we move to our talkback highlight section, where John brings us the first in a two-part series, demonstrating some of those features we talked about in Android Basics. This is going to be a continuation of our series, Talkback Highlights. Talkback 13.1 was recently released by Google, and along with it came a few new features that we are going to cover in this series. Today, in installment number 51, we are going to cover how to use actions with TalkBack's reading controls. So previously, how you would use actions is you would bring up the TalkBack menu and you would select actions and there would be a list of actions for you to choose from. Alternatively, you could go into your gesture settings and assign 
actions to a specific gesture that you could bring up directly without having to invoke the talkback menu. But now in 13.1, it's even easier than that. You are now able to just swipe up and down to go through a list of actions. So if there's an item in focus that has actions, the default reading control for that, or what we sometimes call granularity, will be set to actions. So you can just swipe up and down to go through those actions. I'll give you an example here. So I'm on the home screen. If I want to add a new app to my home screen, what I could do is bring up the app drawer. App suggestions, unlabeled. And find an app. Audible. Audible. So if you swipe up or down, it will cycle through the different actions available. Shortcuts and notifications. Add to home screen. Activate. And once you've gone back to activate, you know you've gone through all of the actions because activate, which would be open, is the default action. So shortcuts and notifications. If I want to add it to the home screen. Add to home screen. I just swipe it till I hear that and double tap. Home. Item added to home screen. Home screen two of two. Audible. So that's one example of actions. I'll show you another. I'll bring down my notification shade. Notification shade. 1028 AM, Thursday, January 12th. Casting, do not disturb. Wi-Fi three bars, battery 74%. So I'm just going to find a notification here. Collapsed, telegram, bullet, 14 new messages from three chats, bullet, seven hours ago. So let's say I want to dismiss this. All I'd have to do is swipe up. Dismiss. And double tap. Collapsed, Marcus Brownlee, is Apple giving MagSafe to Android? So as you can see, it automatically went down and put the next item in focus in my notification shade so I can just swipe up and dismiss that one if I want. Dismiss. Collapsed, Google Play, bullet, johnmdyer05 at gmail.com, bullet, 31 minutes ago, your Google Play order received from January 12, 2023. So as you can see, it just went down to the next notification. And if you want to continue dismissing notifications in that manner, you can. It's quick and easy. So I'm going to go back to my home screen. Home. Home. Gmail has one notification. I'm just going to show you another example. I'm going to go into Gmail. Mail. Compose. Inbox. See what we have here. Unread. City Custom Cache SM MasterCard. Your statement is available online. So, if I want to delete this because I'm not interested in keeping it around, I'd simply swipe up. Delete. And double tap. Me. Three messages. Welcome to the... And so, as you can see, I stopped it, but the next message went in focus. And of course, there's more actions other than delete and dismiss. So, if I continue to swipe through... Delete. Archive. Add star. Activate. And once you get back to activate, you know you've gone through all the different actions. So that's just a couple of examples of where you can use actions. Another I'm going to show you is text editing. So I'm going to open Keep Notes. Home. 
Gmail, Window Home. Keep notes. And I've already created a note here. This is a sample note used to demonstrate how to edit text with the new actions reading control. Showing English, US QWERTY. Keep notes. Editing. This is a sample note used to demonstrate how to edit text with the new actions reading control. Note for note body. So this is the text field that I'm in, and that's the text I've already typed in here. I just want to show you if I swipe up and down. No previous heading. So it's set to heading, so I'm going to need to change to actions by either swiping up and down or swiping down and up. Paragraphs. Lines. Words. Characters. Actions. And once you've found actions, you can swipe through the different actions you have. Starter and selection mode. Select all. Oh, I'm just going to select all. Selected text. This is a sample note used to demonstrate how to edit text with the new actions reading control. Paste. I'm going to keep swiping. Copy. I could copy. Cut. I'm going to cut. Cut. This is a sample note used to demonstrate how to edit text with the new actions reading control. Text copied. Showing recently copied or captured content as candidate. So it just read the text that I cut, and the text field is now empty. So if I swipe back down, paste. I can paste it by double tapping. Pasted. And if I swipe again, select all. Starter and selection mode. Let's start selection mode. Selection mode on. And then. Period. Selected. So it's put the granularity back to characters. I'm going to change it to words. Words. And. Control. Selected. Reading. Selected. Actions. Selected. So actions reading controls is now highlighted. If I wanted to delete just that text, I could simply change my granularity or reading control back to actions characters actions and selection mode and then swipe up or down select all paste until copy i find cut 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 actions reading control text copied showing recently copied or captured content as candidate so that's just a couple of examples of how it's easier to use actions through the reading controls rather than bringing up an actions menu. I'm going to show you a couple of things you can adjust in the talkback settings now that this is an option. So I'm going to bring up talkback settings. Talkback menu, actions. So as you can see, actions is in the talkback menu. So one of the things I'm going to show you how to do is remove this if you plan on using actions as a reading control from now on, then you don't need this to be in the menu and it can help you get to other menu items faster if it's not here. So I'm going to find Talkback Settings. Talkback Settings. I'm going to open it. Keyboard Hidden. Talkback Settings. Navigate up. I'm going to change my granularity to Headings. Words. Paragraphs. Headings. And I'm going to swipe down to... Audio. Controls. Controls. And under here... Customize focus indicator. Customize gestures. Customize menus. You're going to want to go to customize menus. 
Customize talkback menu. To use the talkback menu, tap the screen with three fingers. You can also swipe up then right or swipe down then right. So I'm going to open this. Actions for current item. So actions for current item is the first heading. And under this heading, you're going to find... Spelling suggestions. Shows when the cursor is on a misspelled word. Checked. And... Actions. Shows when actions exist for the current item, including copy, paste, select, and more. Checked. So this is checked. I'm going to uncheck this. You don't have to, but I don't need this in my TalkMac menu anymore, so I'm going to turn this off. Not checked. And alternatively, if you had previously set up a gesture to bring up the actions menu, you can now reassign that gesture to any other action you want. So it essentially frees up another gesture for you to customize if you are the type to customize your gestures. So that brings this installment, number 51 of TalkBack Highlights, to an end. And finally for this week, we have a tip of the week, and it's John again, and he shows you how to block Warren on Telegram. And as I said at the start, I would, I would, all, uh, I would all do this if I were you. Hi, John here, and today I'm going to show you how to block somebody on Telegram that you no longer want to be in communication with. So I'm on my home screen now. I'm just going to open Telegram. 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 So what you're going to want to do is go to the person's profile. And I'm going to show you one way to do it and talk you through a couple of other ways. So I'm going to find somebody in my list that I don't want to talk to anymore. Android Evangelist. Received January 3rd at 9.56 p.m. So, let's say this Android evangelist guy I no longer want to talk to. I'm going to open up my conversation with him. Android evangelist. Voice message, 20 seconds, played, 418.5. Android evangelist. Last seen recently. So you're going to put in focus their name at the top. It's either going to be a name or a phone number, but it will be across the top, and if you double tap on that, you'll get to their profile. Video call. So now that I'm on the profile page, I can swipe. Call. More options. Until I get to more options. Pop-up window. Auto-delete. Add to contacts. Block user. Notice block user. But before I block him, because I don't want him to be blocked for too long, <laughs> I'm going to explain a couple of other ways you can get to someone's profile. So if you don't have an active conversation with them, say you've already deleted it, or you haven't even talked to them yet, but you know you don't want to. If, if you have them in your contacts, you can get to their profile from there. But if they're in a group that you're a part of, you can open up that group. And if you double tap on the name of the group at the top of the page, that will take you to the group info and there will be a list of all the members there. And you can use that list to get to their profile. Once you're in their profile, you'll be able to go to the more options and find block. So I'm gonna go ahead and block this Android evangelist so that 
I can show you how to unblock somebody. Block user. Are you sure you want to block Android Evangelist? Cancel. Block user. I'm going to block him. User blocked. Android Evangelist. More options. Okay. So now I'm going to back out of his info page and out of his More conversation. Option. Telegram. Android Evangelist. Receive January. Telegram. So now I'm on the main Telegram page with the list of all my conversations. So if you decide you want to unblock somebody from here, you're going to go to... Open Navigation Menu. Open the Navigation Menu. This is near the top left. John Dyer. So I stopped that speech so it didn't say my no number out loud, but once you've opened this menu, you're going to want to go down to... Switch Today Theme. New Group. Contacts. Calls. People nearby. Saved messages. Settings. Settings. And double tap on that. John Dyer. Profile picture. And then you're going to find... Username. At John Mark Dyer. Add a few words about yourself. Settings. Notifications and sounds. Privacy and security. So there's a heading called settings about halfway down the screen. You're going to want to go to privacy. Privacy so, and security. Privacy and security. So I opened Message, that up. Message, telegram, go back. Security. Blocked users, one. And near the top, you're going to see blocked users. Blocked users. Blocked users. I'm going to find... Android Evangelist, unknown. Android Evangelist. Double tap that. Android Evangelist, more options. And you're going to go to more options again near the top right. Pop-up window. Auto-delete. Add to contacts. Unblock user. And now instead of block user, you're going to see unblock user. User unblocked. Android evangelist. More options. And just like that, he's unblocked again. So if I open the menu. Pop-up window. Auto. Start secret chat. Block user. Block user is back, which means he's unblocked. So that's just a quick rundown of how you would go about blocking somebody and then unblocking them if you ever decide to. All right, I hope this helps. That's it for this week, folks. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, Austin, where can people find us? So people to locate us, they can email us with their questions or feedback or comments or recording submissions to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. They can browse our website, blindandroidusers.com. Check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash blindandroidusers. Subscribe to our mailing list, blindandroidusers, plus subscribe at groups.io. The links for Telegram and Twitter Clubhouse will be in the show notes with all the other links. So that is it from us this week. We shall see you all next week. Say bye-bye to the nice people. Bye, bye everyone. Bye, everybody.